Hello and you're very welcome to Maritime Ireland. This is Tom Sweeney with the Maritime Ireland radio show. The sea around our coastline, our inland waters, our lakes and rivers are all part of Ireland's maritime culture, history, tradition and development. Socially and economically, they're vital to this island nation. Ireland's connection with the sea is as old as time itself. Welcome aboard Maritime Ireland, the programme and podcast for Ireland's maritime community. On this edition, we'll discuss the importance of dockers, how Dublin's dock labour workforce discovered that it was women dockers who loaded timber for Ireland, and how those women's footprints in the snow are now remembered. The hatch will be opened until the dockers are All the planks of loose timber would have been covered in snow. And then when they went into the hatch, they were even more amazed to see that there was only women's footprints in the snow. That's Declan Byrne of the Dublin Dock Workers Preservation Society, who'll tell us this moving story. And we'll follow our most extraordinary marine visitor to Irish waters this year, on the route home, remembering several aspects of that visit. It's quizzical expression and boat sinking antics during a 5,000 kilometre saga that has taken it as far south as Bilbao in Spain and within striking distance of the Arctic Circle. Podrick Hooley of the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, whose job it has been to track the wayward walrus who became known as Wally. And he'll respond to some criticism which IWDG received during Wally's wanderings around Ireland, with an insight into the extensive work of recording marine species I'd never have expected to see in Irish waters, and which are now regularly arriving. The Maritime Ireland Radio Show brings you the most incisive and comprehensive coverage of maritime affairs in Ireland. I first met Dockers as a junior reporter on the Evening Echo in Cork. It's now the Cork Morning Daily, The Echo, where I write a weekly Maritime Cork column. In the past few weeks, I was writing about my first time reporting on the dock labour force and how over the years I've come to know and respect that community of men and their families. I've also come to know the Dublin Dock Workers Preservation Society. For 10 years, it has been working on preserving the history and culture of the dock labour force on Liffeyside. What you're going to hear now is a remarkable story and song about dockers. But women dockers. Declan Byrne, one of the leaders of the Dublin Society, joins me with a story of a photograph of memories involving Irish shipping and those footprints in the snow. The Dublin Dock Workers Preservation Society is one of the ten years and we ask people to donate photographs and to our amazement we were donated close to 6,000 photographs. Some of them were collections, and then some of them were singular photographs. So a chap called Captain Bernie Ford, 
donated a photograph to us, which he referred to as uh, women dockers uh, loading loose timber. And then I would have walked with Benny Ford. Uh, he was at sea for most of his life. He then took up a dock superintendent's job in Dunnerport. And then he, he told the story that uh, when he started in Dublin Port, in the winter months, loose timber came into Dublin Port, and then the, the hatch would be opened, and to the doctor's amazement, all the planks of loose timber would have been covered in snow. And then when they went into the hatch, they were even more amazed to see that there was women's, only women's footprints in the snow. So, him being very knowledgeable, they would have said this, oh, they don't understand this. So he would have produced this photograph that he took, I can't remember whether it was 1958 or 1959, in the port of Kirkenham, Finland. The women, the all the doctors at that period, uh, he was on a ship called the Irish Fern, and uh, when it docked, Beside them was the women loading the timber. So he, he produced this as evidence to the, the deep sea dockers in Dublin to show them that in ports, not just in the Second World War, but not even after that, there was ports where the majority of the dockers were women. That photograph is in the Dublin Dock Workers Preservation Society collection and you can see it on our programme website in my weekly blog at tommacsweenymarine.ie. Frank Byrne, Declan's brother, was inspired by the photograph to write the lyrics of a song, Footprints in the Snow, to which Keith Margot put music, sings and has recorded it. He's gone, these three years past, lost her battle with TB. Down up and joined the RAF, based somewhere overseas. Alice doesn't talk to me, says I don't respect her chap. She's right, I can't stand the creep, never learned. To shut my trap You'll find me in An early house Keeping solitude at bay Two porters and a ball of malt Help face another day Another read, another shift The same old to and fro But I dreamt that I could dream me on his- 
ocean from the barren sea planks for brooks and heatons and poles for the ESB I rushed ahead with my two mates cowboy Cunningham and Nappy O'Neill there's nothing worse than being stuck pushing a bogey with a gammy Containerization and modern technology, which we'll be discussing in our next edition, has changed port operations and ended dock labour workforces in many ports. They will always be part, however, of our maritime history and should not be forgotten. The Dublin Preservation Society has suggested a memorial to them on Liffey side. And there is a Facebook group page for the Cork Dockers with a collection of photographs and stories about dock work, which was hard and tough. There's a lot of justifiable pride amongst former dockers. One of the strong memories I have is of a docker telling me dockers looked after each other. Families in difficulty were helped. You could always depend on a docker. the subject of maritime memorials, the RMS Leinster Memorial Committee is continuing its campaign to seek a site from Dunlera Rathdown County Council for a memorial to those who died when that ship was torpedoed by a German submarine off Dunlera shortly before the end of the First World War. 
On the 10th of October, they'll hold a ceremony to mark the 103rd anniversary of the sinking. A memorial to Roger Casement, commissioned by the Council, has been put in place at the end of the new jetty at Dunlera Bats project. It's three metres, about ten feet high. Also in Dunlera, a seasonal cruise ship pontoon is being considered because more liner visits are expected there when the cruise industry business recovers from the pandemic. Now let's get back to Wally. The walrus who drew so much attention when visiting Irish waters this year, not just once but twice, returning here after wandering around Europe. On our programme website you can see the track of where he went, tracked by the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, which has been recording marine mammal visitors to Ireland for many years and did get some criticism for revealing Wally's movements and then requesting the public to stay away. So I've asked Podrick Hooley, who's sightings officer for the group, to explain. He says the discussion should not be just about the walrus, but much wider about the health of our seas. Since the start of summer, the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group has received and validated hundreds of cetacean sightings and stranding records from the public, researchers and boat operators alike. All of this data, once validated, is invaluable as these sightings go towards Ireland's longest established continuous data set, which dates back over 30 years. This data is used in many ways, but most importantly, it is this data that enables IWDG be a voice for Ireland's cetacean and basking shark populations when it comes to protection of both these magnificent animals and their habitats. At a glance, we can see that this summer alone, we have documented no less than nine species in Irish waters. And although most of these are what we call the usual suspects that we've come to expect, they also include the planet's largest animal, the mighty blue whale, the second biggest fish, the planktivorous basking shark, and of course, a rarely seen walrus. There's probably no need to rehash the story of this Arctic vagrant here, as it has been headline news since it was first reported to us on March the 14th, hauled out on Valencia Island, County Kerry. Its quizzical expression and boat-sinking antics have filled column inches and gigabytes of disk space on social media platforms in the six countries it has travelled through over the past six months. Ireland, Wales, England, France, Spain and now Iceland. During a 5,000 kilometre saga that has taken it as far south as Bilbao in Spain and only this week within striking distance of the Arctic Circle with its arrival in Hornefjordr in southeastern Iceland on September the 19th. Since returning to northern latitudes, a relative term if you're a walrus, reaching landfall at Clonay Bay, County Waterford on August the 2nd, it was a little like Groundhog Day. This was a story that was always going to pull at the heartstrings of a certain animal welfare cohort and the calls for action based on concerns that it was exhausted, in poor shape, emaciated, stressed or even injured were predictable. And of course all this shaped the narrative that somehow this walrus needed human intervention which ranged from building it a pontoon to act as a safe and comfy sofa to haul out on so it could rest without causing damage to local boats, and to the extreme end of the spectrum where there were calls for a rescue and repatriation back home, wherever that might be. In fact, it needed none of these things and just needed to be left alone. IWDG believed that wildlife is resilient and rarely benefits from our meddling. 
the notion that an aquatic Arctic mammal that has evolved to survive in the harshest of environments ever needed us to build it a pontoon seemed wide of the mark, as it increased the risk of it being too comfortable, which would likely encourage it to remain longer, neither of which were in its best interest. We all presumably wanted the same thing, which was the safe return of this individual to its Arctic home, under its own steam. The bigger and more worrying question is what sort of a home will be waiting for it, if and when it does finally return to the Arctic pack ice. It's great to see people getting exercised about wildlife, and IWDG took some online criticism for daring to reveal the walrus's latest location. We believe that people have a right to witness such rare events responsibly and have been over the past 30 years the strongest advocates of whale watching, particularly here in places like the Irish Southwest. And so we didn't buy into the philosophy that its location needed somehow to be kept secret. Given the wildfire nature of social media today, this was never going to be possible anyway. By the time we wrote about any location, local boat owners were already out there in numbers for a closer gawk and that all-important selfie. However, we consistently asked people to observe it from land using optics and to be mindful of the predicament the walrus was in and not to approach it on boats due to the risk of disturbing it whilst being hauled out. Some of the idiotic behaviour I observed in West Cork exposed just how far removed some people have become from the natural world. The presence of a walrus along the Irish south coast should raise lots of flags for us and for anyone still sceptical about climate change and how it's impacting on the marine environment in particular, this is a really good case study. Fragmentation of Arctic sea ice may well be the reason why this so battered walrus ventured so far from home and although this is by no means the first walrus record for Ireland, the previous one being in Clue Bay, County Mayo, April 1999, it will indeed be interesting to see if we record an increase in walrus sightings in the years and decades to come. In recent years, IWDG has confirmed sightings of a new whale species for Ireland, the Arctic bowhead, which was photographed in May 2016 off Carlingford Lock, County Louth. July 2015 produced a record of a beluga whale off Dunseverick, County Antrim, and since then there have been quite a few Arctic pinnipeds, namely hooded and bearded seals. As I type, there is also at least one Californian grey whale, also called Wally, swimming between the Mediterranean and the Atlantic, and the only access for them to the Atlantic is through the Northwest Passage, which seems to be sufficiently ice-free now in summer to allow these leviathans return to the Atlantic, where they've not been recorded since the 18th century. So this walrus is in good company and is joining a host of marine mammal species that may be actively seeking a new home well outside their normal range. But it's not just Arctic species that are on the move. In mid-August, my wife, while walking on Long Strand in West Cork, saw a Portuguese man of war washed up. Now, there is nothing that unusual about seeing this tropical and potentially dangerous siphonophore washed up along the Irish southwest, as in recent years this has become something of an annual event, as southerly gales have seen thousands of them washed up on our beaches during autumn. But this is the earliest record to date for this species. So things are changing in a marine environment and changing fast as different prey and predator species react to these new conditions. This may impact on our native species, the usual suspects that we referred to earlier, as they'll have to adopt to living with these exotic visitors or risk being forced out themselves. 
It has never been more important that organisations like the IWDG, with all-island networks of volunteers and established biological recording schemes, are out there recording these changes year after year and decade after decade. We'd ask citizen scientists fortunate enough to see whales, dolphins, bashing sharks, or indeed walrus, to report your observations using a new mobile reporting app, or by simply clicking on the report to sighting or stranding link on iwdg.ie. Your sightings are important and are a key monitoring tool that enable us to track the movements of these highly mobile marine mammals as they pass through our productive inshore waters. There is currently a second walrus, a female, off the Netherlands, which in recent weeks has also been recorded off Germany and Denmark. We indeed live in interesting times. Indeed we do. That's Padraig Hooley, sightings officer at the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, and hopefully the next time we'll hear about Wally is that home has been reached. While we're mentioning visitors, guided tours have resumed at the oldest lighthouse in the world, the 800-year-old Hook Lighthouse in Wexford, with visitors allowed back inside. In Galway, a two-year job costing over €3 million has restored the historic Mealick Weir and Walkway on the River Shannon. The weir was originally built in the 1840s as part of the Shannon Navigation, is over 300 metres in length, has a 12-sluice barrage and maintains and regulates the navigation level between Athlone and Loch Ree and Mealick on Loch Derg, linking the historic village of Mealick in East Galway to Lusnaw in West Offaly. It was damaged in severe storms in 2009 and again in 2015-2016. More good news now, a new ship for Ireland and honouring a legendary explorer, Tom Crean. €25 million Euro is the investment in the new vessel for the Marine Institute, about which Aidan Fitzgerald, Interim Director, Ocean, Climate and Information Services at the Institute, joins us with the details, describing the progress of its building in Spain and why it will honour the legendary Kerry Explorer. The 52.8-metre research vessel Tom Crean will replace the 31-metre Celtic Voyager. It is a new state-of-the-art multi-purpose marine research vessel which is expected to be completed in summer 2022. At the shipyard Astilleros Armon Vigo in the northwest of Spain, construction has just reached a key milestone with the completion of the vessel's hull, which saw 32 individual hull units assembled. Up to 70 workers were involved in the joining of the hull units, installation of the vessel's generation sets, its electric propulsion motor, its deck equipment, as well as the vessel's unique silent seven-bladed propeller. The wheelhouse will also be shortly installed. The hull is painted in the signal green colour used on the Marine Institute's two current marine research vessels, the Celtic Explorer and the Celtic Voyager. The Tom Crean construction is on schedule and on budget, with building expected to be completed next summer. The next stage of the build will focus on the outfitting of the vessel interior, including the laboratories, and the vessel's launch into the water is scheduled for November 2021. The outfitting will then continue the vessel afloat. The new vessel will carry out a wide range of marine research on fisheries, climate change, seabed mapping and oceanography on a year-round basis, with 300 operational days at sea planned for each year. And this will provide up to 3,000 scientist days a year. Through its work, the Marine Institute will continue to lead and support scientific, high-quality surveys that contribute to Ireland's position as a leader in marine science. 
Based in the Port of Galway, the vessel has been designed to operate in harsh sea conditions, including carrying out maintenance and deployment of weather buoys, observational infrastructure, and using the ROV, the remotely operated underwater vehicle Holland One, which is named in memory of Ireland's submarine inventor. The vessel is named Tom Crean after the renowned seaman and explorer who undertook three major groundbreaking expeditions to the Antarctic in the early years of the 20th century, which sought to increase scientific knowledge and to explore unreached areas of the world at that time. Its construction has been funded by the government through the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. And you can follow the build process on the Marine Institute's website at marine.ie. And it's well worth going on to the Marine Institute website to see what looks to be a very impressive ship. Congratulations to Feathered Lifeboat, which has celebrated 25 years of operations. And a few items from overseas to note, showing there's always something unusual in the sea. A team of archaeologists from the European Institute for Underwater Archaeology discover the 2,200-year-old wreck of an ancient Egyptian ship sunk when struck by huge blocks of stone from the city and temple of Amun as the area was hit by an earthquake and fell into the Nile when the 82-foot vessel powered by a large sail was, unfortunately, in the river. All aboard were killed. And young explorers in the Hamilton Junior Natural History Club in New Zealand found the remains of a giant extinct penguin that lived between 27 million and 35 million years ago. They were on a field trip on the Kawia Harbour Peninsula at the time. The fossil remains have been declared a newfound, never-before-known species. One item that has not been found is the Salvatore Mundi oil painting attributed to Leonardo da Vinci, which sold for 450 million euros in 2017 and then disappeared. It's now reported to be decorating a billionaire's super yacht, which one hasn't been revealed, which is not surprising. And so we end this edition of the Maritime Ireland radio show, which is broadcast on 18 community radio stations around Ireland. And they are in Cork on CRY 104FM Yole, West Cork FM, Bear Island Radio and UCC Radio. In Dublin on Near FM, Dublin City FM, Liffey Sound and Dublin South. In Galway on Connemara Community Radio and Kinvara FM on Dondok FM, on Athlone Community Radio, on Kilkenny City Radio and in Mayo on Community Radio Castle Bar and Eris FM Bell Mullet, on South West Clare Radio, that's Radio Cork of Boschkeen, on West Limerick 102 FM and Tip Midwest Radio in Tipperary. And there are podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Mixcloud, Spotify and the marinetimes.ie. Wherever you've been listening, thank you for being part of the Maritime community. Your views are most welcome. The programme website is tomacsweeneymarine.ie or look up the Maritime Ireland Radio Show. The programme email address is maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com. That's maritimeirelandradioshow at gmail.com. Phone and text number 0872 555197. That's 0872-555-197. Sound supervision on the programme by Justin Marr. More marine news on Twitter. Follow me at Tom McSweeney. 
Until our next broadcast, usual wish of fair sailing.